majestic, untamed friends. This month and a half has seemed like forever. And it has been good and bad. But long either way. So, a lot has gone on since I have not been here to rant in a semi-coherent way. But, I got my oldest son here from California to stay for a while, so that's great. I'm enjoying that. And my daughter and grandson came to visit for about three weeks before they moved around 2,000 miles away. So, a lot of emotions going on with that, good and bad. Um, yeah, so my oldest son is going to go back to California um, pretty soon. We're just trying to get his, some health issues took care of, and that's where he wants to be. I don't blame him. I miss it. But that's another rant. So, yeah, I did enjoy my grandson being here, though. That was... That was awesome, and my daughter. Um, and I'm not going to get emotional, because I've did all that already. So, But I enjoyed it, and I had a good time, and I loved playing with him and spending time with him. And I'm going to miss, miss them a lot. So, um, hopefully, I can be planning some trips that way. To visit. So. I took them back last Thursday to visit with um, her dad for a little bit. And, well, last Friday. We left Friday morning, actually. But Thursday night, man. I started feeling like shit. I started having some major pains in my back and cramping. And I have a history of ovaries, cysts on my ovaries. I cannot talk. And I also have a history of bladder infections. So I didn't really know what was going on. And then just the stress and the emotions and everything with my daughter leaving and anxiety of the trip and all of that. I just didn't really know what was going on. So I just went to bed and thought, okay, this will be great. This will be okay. I'm just going to get up and take them and I'll be fine in the morning. Got up and that is not what happened Friday morning. I was still in some really bad pain. Didn't sleep well most of the night. And pretty nauseous, so I just left, took my daughter, and did what I had to do. And by the time I got back Friday night, I had my oldest son with me, but I wasn't able to hold my own self up. I was so weak, and I had a lot of brain fog, I guess is the best way to put it, and... Um, really nauseous and in a lot of pain. So, I went to bed. I was very lethargic and tired and I just passed out. And woke up a lot in pain. And woke up Saturday morning and I had some blood. So, and discharge that I did not know what was going on. So I thought I had to have some kind of kidney infection, maybe, or a bladder infection that was much worse than I thought. But I'm hard-headed, and I have an ex extreme anxiety when it comes to the doctors. There's been some past trauma there, and so, yeah, I waited till Monday to go to urgent care. 
and they tested my urine, they did some blood work, and they did a CAT scan with dye. Another story with that. But, yeah, um, they said they didn't really see much signs of an infection. Um, there was blood in my urine, though, so, you know, I mean, that's kind of a sign of an infection, but they gave me some antibiotics for an infection anyway, just to be on the safe side, and wanted me to, of course, get to a specialist. So, I made an appointment for a doctor. I found a doctor and made an appointment, and she was pretty sure that it seemed like there was some kind of sepsis that happened, I mean, or something. There was some major infection, and I mean, because I was having extreme chills with all that as well, um, like to the point my teeth were chattering, so. Um, she sending me to a urologist to make sure my kidneys and bladder are okay, to see, you know, why that happened so badly, so quickly, and yeah, um, just go from there, I guess, on that, but I went, I did it, I didn't talk myself out of it, and she was, she was really awesome, actually, um, I explained to her about being an autistic person, I explained to her about my past traumas, not in detail, but that I just had them, with doctors, um, mostly psychiatrists, but, um, she was very understanding and really did everything she possibly could to make me feel as comfortable as possible, so I really appreciated it, and when I was telling her my history, because of course she needed to know that information, um, she, uh, oh, let's see, there was a lot of empathy there, I guess, is the best way to put it. She, by the time I got to the why there was surgery on my face, um, because of, um, the break-in that I, that occurred at my friend's house that I was in, um, and the damage done to my nose and jaws, jaw, um, when I was telling her that and why those surgeries came about, she, she actually started crying, so, I just felt, I felt a lot of empathy from her. I, I don't know. So, I hope that this can be a positive relationship with a doctor. That would be awesome. So, that's what I'm hoping. And we'll see, I guess. But, it's going, went good so far. So, it helped. It helped, hopefully. Um, the doctors that she recommends since she knows my history, will be doctors that I can also feel comfortable with. I guess we'll see. So, that has been a lot of what went on this month and a half. Um, and being gone away and not really, for good and bad reasons, some of it was the visiting with my grandson and my daughter, and that was good, and that was just me not being here to do that, because I'm not going to see him again for a while, so, and then, of course, some of the bad made it prolonged the time that I was really planning on being away, right, so, but, anyway, I'm back now, here we are, and on to things I found in the news that I'm really not surprised about, but, oh, fuck, why, just why, I don't know, 
you'll see why I have the frustration I have once I read over these with you. So, here we go. First thing, this was in March, I believe, that a couple in Missouri, the owners of a reform school, Christian reform school, my past religious abuse, that's that hit hard, right? Okay, so four girls. So they were charged with more than a hundred counts, 102, I'm pretty sure to be exact, of abuse um, in March by the Attorney General. The county there were the ones um, investigating it, but they came to the conclusion that they did not have the resources and abilities to do the investigation as needed and asked for the help of the Attorney General. And so that's what happened. And now it's going to court. And they were arrested. So, um, the school, the looked it up on ago.gov and um, this is what the Attorney General announced and said. 102 criminal charges against proprietors of Circle of Hope Girls Ranch and Boarding School. Um, is 102 charges total between Boyd and Stephanie Householder. Boyd's charges are, um, it's in Cedar County, is 79 felony charges and one misdemeanor, it's including six counts, um, second degree statutory rape, seven counts of second-degree statutory sodomy and six counts of sexual contact with a student, one count of second-degree child molestation. So, um, and then 56 counts of abuse or neglect of a child and two counts of endangering the welfare of a child. Stephanie Householder, her charges, again, Cedar County, is 22 felony, excuse me, including 12 counts of abuse or neglect of a child, 10 counts of endangering the welfare of a child. Attorney, um, Attorney General Schmidt stated that the charging documents allege extensive and horrific sexual, physical, and mental abuse perpetuated by the householders. And some of the details at AGO.gov were counts 1 through 22 in Boyd Householder's felony information document alleges repeated statutory sodomy, statutory rape, and sexual contact with a student detailing multiple incidents where Boyd Householder had oral and sexual intercourse with a girl under the age of 17 as well as several incidents where Boyd Householder placed his fingers in the victim's vagina. Several victims described the physical abuse suffered at the hands of the householders, which included restraints that involved Boyd Householder pushing his knee into The backs of several victims applying pressure to certain pressure points, handcuffing or restraining victims, hands and feet, and forcing victims to hold the push-up position. Also, slamming victims' heads or bodies against walls, slapping or hitting victims with his hands or a belt or other instrument, shoving a victim's face into horse manure, pouring hot sauce down a victim's throat and other instances of physical abuse. Count 36 of Boyd Householder details an event where Boyd Householder forced a victim to drink 220 ounces of water and then run a mile until she vomited and then forced her to run again. 
Count 34 of Boyd Householder details an incident in which Boyd Householder instructed several victims. Sorry. <laughs> on the best way to kill yourself by cutting your wrist upwards and not across. In total, 16 victim statements were used to corroborate instances of alleged abuses. The Attorney General's Office is working to identify and contact victims. And so it says anyone with any info on Circle of Hope should call 573-751-0309. That, that, yeah. Hmm. Hmm. A moment of breath there on that because... Hard to come up with the words for that. It's, it's horrible. Yeah. Um, this is a story that I kind of knew about already. And so I've already looked and I've already read all of this. And even though I have already read it all, I had to stop. I had to stop and pause this. And smoke, you know, medicate. Because, yeah, even reading it again out loud to y'all was too much. And I had to stop. So, yeah, that um, horrific is a great word that he used. Because that's exactly what it is. And then I got to looking in a little further. I medicated y'all, so if there's a little bit of coughing, you know why, I'm just telling you. Um, I got to looking into this a little further, and, um, yeah, the, ooh, let me get my stuff pulled up. His daughter, his daughter, their daughter, excuse me, their daughter came out talking about this, um, I think I read somewhere else, it may be in this story here, so that she came out about this on TikTok first, and that is really what started, um, because that kind of went viral, I guess, so that was what got, um, got uh, the police to finally start looking into things, and yeah, so I found this, it is on fox4kc.com. Daughter of Circle of Hope Girls Ranch Founders describes years of horrific abuse. So, I am just going to read this. It was posted March the 10th, 2021. Um, Amanda Householder said she, she's been telling authorities about the alleged abuse of her parents' Christian Reform School for years. I'm not surprised by that at all. But it took posting videos on TikTok to finally get an investigation underway. So, yes, this is where I read that from. She is quoted as saying, When I was young, I would reach out to people saying, This is how my parents are treating me, and I was never heard. This is what Amanda Householder told Fox 4. I would always get punished more for it because it would get back to my parents that I was speaking out. Amanda's parents, Boyd and Stephanie Householder, founded Circle of Hope Girls Ranch in Cedar County, Missouri in 2006. On Wednesday, Missouri Attorney General Eric Schmidt charged the couple with a lengthy list of more than 100 felonies, ranging from sodomy to neglect. One victim detailed the sexual abuse she received from Boyd Householder. Schmidt said at a news conference, beginning with inappropriate sexual comments, sexual touches, and progressing to oral and sex and sexual intercourse. Amanda Householder described other forms of psychological abuse at the ranch. If my dad thought a girl was vain or thought she was pretty, he would cut her hair off just to humiliate her, Amanda Householder said. 
and you bill is sponsored by State Rep. Carrie Engel, Democrat Lee Summit, is speeding through the legislature to close a loophole in Missouri law that allows Christian boarding schools to avoid oversight from state authorities. And I'm pretty sure it's that way in a lot of states that they do not have, you know, any regulations from the state. So, now, um, these people need to rot for what they've done. <laughs> and there's another story, there's an updated story on this as well that I'm going to read. But I, what I don't understand 2006 is when they started this. Their daughter has been begging for help for herself and these girls for forever. Since 2006, right? For sure, because that's when it started and she started telling people. I don't understand in these situations that happen over and over and over again at these places and at our elementary schools and churches, youth centers, the Boy Scouts, right? Yeah. Over and over and over again, these things come out. And that they've been happening. When it comes out, you find out that they've been happening for <laughs> years. Why is it not after we punish these people that actually do this? Because of course that's what you have to do. Many other things I could mention but I can't say out loud. Um, after that why is it not looked into immediately in all of these situations? It should be looked into immediately by authorities to why this went on for so long. What was going on with the people in charge of these places that this was going on for so long? And those people and their failings to protect the children should have consequences to pay as well. But you never hear about that. And it makes no fucking sense to me. So, if there's situations that's happened, please, 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 I would like to know about them because, you know. Uh, that would be some good news out of some of these situations that I would like to hear about. So, yeah, <laughs> please, please, please let me know those stories. So, then, STL Today came out with an updated story on April the 5th. Um, the headline is, New Details in Circle of Hope Case. Girl said she was handcuffed, chained for two weeks. When the Missouri Attorney General announced 102 criminal charges last month against the owners of a Christian boarding school for girls, he didn't give extensive details about the allegations. The probable cause documents describing the abuse charges against Boyd and Stephanie Householder were sealed, Attorney General Eric Schmidt said, and that information was not for the faint of heart. But records obtained by the Star reveal what authorities were looking for and found when they first searched the Circle of Hope Girls Ranch in September. They also disclosed more of what the students say they went through at the rural, rural Cedar County Reform School. One 12-year-old girl told authorities she was chained inside a room at the school for two weeks. She stated the chain was connected to a metal bar against the wall that had three holes in it, according 
to the documents. She was provided no bedding materials and had to defecate and urinate in a bucket and was provided only bread and water during that time. The girl also told authorities that she observed Boyd Householder hold a black in color handgun at the back of another resident's head while holding that resident by the back of her neck against a wall, records show. These new details were spelled out in a request to a Cedar County Circuit Judge for a September 1st search warrant of the property about seven miles west of Humansville in southwest Missouri. Investigators with the State Technical Assistance Team, which is under the Department of Social Services, conducted the search. In the application for the warrant, an investigator described what five girls ages 12 to 17 told authorities about the abuse they said they endured at Circle of Hope. One 16-year-old girl told investigators that Boyd Householder threw a bottle of Carmex lotion at her, hitting her in the head and back. He reportedly also took her to the brick house and whipped her with a belt, sprayed a water hose in her nose and mouth, making it difficult to breathe, and shoved a bar of soap in her mouth, causing her lips to bleed. She also said that Boyd Householder cut her hair as punishment and poured dish soap in her mouth. In addition, the girl told investigators that Boyd Householder placed handcuffs on her arms and restrained her and put red duct tape over her mouth, head, and neck. She also reported being kicked by Boyd Householder on her lower shin, leaving a laceration. The teen told authorities that she detailed everything she suffered at Circle of Hope in an injury log that Boyd Householder reportedly kept in his office. Another teen said Stephanie Householder denied her medical appointments and that the girl witnessed Boyd Householder put a neck brace on a student for the purpose of punishment, causing her to have difficulty consuming food. In the search warrant request, authorities listed what they were seeking. The property to be searched and seized is any evidence of child abuse to include, but not limited to, handcuffs, zip ties, dish soap bottles described by the victims, the request said, photo graphic evidence of the facility and scene locations, any and all video surveillance equipment. They also were looking for electronic devices, flash drives, medical and school records, and logs about students' bathroom use, weight, meals, injuries, and phone calls. The householders who opened Circle of Hope in 2006 are being held without bond and remain in custody in the Vernon County Jail. Their preliminary hearing is set to begin May 20th in Cedar County. Springfield attorney Adam Woody, who is representing the couple, told the judge at their March 19th bond hearing that the householders adamantly deny any criminal conduct. They're very religious people. They're very good people, Woody said. We have dozens of people who are prepared to testify to their character. I get real sick of interrupting the reading of this. I get real sick of hearing, oh, they're good Christian people. Every time something is alleged or brought out about these Christian people. That shouldn't in our society that should not make us up in any way, shape, or form, period. Because those good Christian people, in my experience, and the experience of others I know that aren't those same good Christian people, is pretty fucking negative. And when I say a good Christian people, I'm meaning those Christians that have to let everybody know they're Christians and what kind of Christians they are. And their identity is based on being those good Christian religious people. 
as this attorney is saying about these <clears throat> humans, I say very loosely. So, yeah, I just get sick of hearing that as, oh, there are good people, there are Christians, they are religious, whatever. Those type of Christians, those type of religious people that that is their whole character. That is what they want to be known as and over everything else. That is what they think should automatically make them good people in the eyes of others. And that everyone should know they're a Christian. And that everyone should know they're religious. Whatever that may be that they're following. Those types. I've never had good experiences with. And like I said, others I know. So, I don't know, if you're one of those types, I guess. And you're not. Judgmental. And. Pushing your belief on to everyone else. And believing that those that aren't believing like you deserve eternal hell flames. But you're still one of those. I want my identity to be Christian, religious, whatever. Then y'all aren't speaking loud enough against the ones. Because you're not known. So there's a problem as well. So if you don't want to be. You need to start speaking up louder against that. That's all I know to tell you. So, yeah. My first real controversial thing, partial thing to say on here, I guess, right? So, but um, I suffered enough religious abuse. I've seen enough on that, so I just get real sick of hearing that being the excuse to be a good person. So, I guess maybe you get what I'm saying. I don't know. I will finish reading the story now. The Attorney General's office is leading the prosecution with the assistance of the Cedar County prosecuting attorney who requested the state's help in the case. At the recent bond hearing, an assistant attorney general said the investigation was ongoing and we do believe that there will be additional charges filed against the householders. Boyd and Stephanie Householder, who closed their religious reform school in September, face charges that include statutory rape, sodomy, and physical abuse. All but one of the 102 charges are felonies. And it goes on to say what they were charged with which I read earlier, so I'm going to skip that. And then it says, The Cedar County Sheriff's Office opened an investigation into Circle of Hope last year. After reviewing the case, Cedar County Prosecutor Ty Gaither requested the Attorney General's help in mid-November, saying his county did not have the resources to handle the case on its own. Missouri Governor Mike Carson directed the Attorney General's office to assist with the investigation and possible prosecution. The search warrant return, which the Star also obtained, listed more than four dozen items seized from the Circle of Hope property, among them zip ties, three sets of handcuffs, neck braces, red duct tape, two flash drives, various electronics, a body camera, and a wooden handle. I don't want to think about what they got. Oh, the wooden handle. That was random. So, there was that. And then I was decided that I would look into 2021 alone. Um, child sexual abuse cases, right? Because I know that this is an issue in our country. So, um, that brought up <clears throat> way more things than I wanted it to in such a few minutes of time, right? So, um, 
I'm sorry, I was trying to see how long this is going on so far. And this will be in the in the post. So because I don't want to edit stuff out that I say. <laughs> now I needed that laugh for a moment. I really do sometimes laugh at very inappropriate moments because for some people, I mean, I don't know if being um neurodivergent has anything to do with this, but um I know others that do this as well, but laughing is it just happens for me in uncomfortable situations. I can't help it. It is how do I put it? It's kind of like a a way to balance myself out kind of deal in that situation when I have no other clue what else to do. So if you hear me laugh at times that are not appropriate for laughter, then that is why. And it's something that people need to know more about. Um, to keep others that may be doing the same thing from being harassed because of that, right? So. So this was the first story I found. Seventh man arrested in sex abuse case at youth detention center. Now these stories I have not actually read ahead of time yet. So, um, yeah, it's going to be... <laughs> my actual for real reactions to these so New Hampshire police have arrested a seventh man in connection with sex abuse allegations at the state's youth detention center New Hampshire police arrested a seventh former youth detention center worker Thursday, a supervisor who is accused of responding to a bruised and crying teenager's rape allegations by saying, look, little fella, that just doesn't happen. <laughs> Not surprised. Gordon Thomas Searless, 65, of Brooksville, Florida, was charged with one count of rape a day after the arrest of six other former workers at the Sanunu, Sanunu? I'm not sure if I'm saying that right, Youth Services Center. He was being held without bail in Florida, and it was unclear whether he has an attorney to speak on his behalf. The Manchester facility, formerly known as the Youth Development Center, has been under investigation, investigation hmm, since July 2019, when two former counselors were charged with raping a teenage boy 82 times in the 1990s. Wow. Okay. Those charges were dropped last year in order to strengthen the expanded investigation. But both men were arrested again Wednesday, along with four others, based on allegations from 11 victims from 1994 to 2005. Sear Searless, I don't know if I'm saying his name right either or not, but was one of several defendants named in a lawsuit filed last year in which more than 200 men and women alleged they were physically or sexually abused as children by 150 staffers at the Manchester Center from 1963 to 2018. There's a little bit of stumbling going on with that. Sorry, um, I don't know if you can hear it in there, but um, yeah. I'm trying to balance that. 
my mom's out a little bit, so. Okay, here we go. According to their attorney, children were gang-raped by counselors, beaten while raped, forced to compete for food in fight clubs set up by counselors, and locked in solitary confinement for weeks or months. Okay, so this is, I'm sorry, on usnews.com. I'm just going to say that now because I can't really read any more of that at the moment. So I'm just going to tell you where I'm finding this at the moment before I go back to that. So yeah, usnews.com. The lead plaintiff, David Meehan, alleges that in 1998, Searless came into his room and saw that Meehan's face was severely bruised with a black eye and split lip. Searless asked in a jocular tone what had happened, at which point David began to cry and told Searless that he had been beaten and raped. The lawsuit reads, Searless cut him off, responding, Look, little fella, that just doesn't happen. Then Searless left. That's, that's the end of that story. So this was at a state-run facility. i got to figure out why this keeps happening so much. Yes. When it's found out, those people have to be punished. But we need to get to the root of it on how all these people are getting into these positions in the first place and how it goes on for so long. Yeah. That's the fucking shit we need to be finding out. six more stories I found um, from this from stuff that's come out this year um, one is on WRCB TV multiple children molested at Atlanta summer camp One is on WEAU.com. Teacher charged with repeated sexual assault of a child. NBCnews.com. Elementary school principal charged with sexually abusing nine boys in New York State. Um, so, there's three more stories of just one of how child sex abuse reports are on the rise in Asheville. And one on the Boy Scout sex abuse allegations. Um, Long Island. And one on the report of abuses at Gilman School underscores the need to give survivors more time to sue supporters say. And this is um, a school that some I read about before that some really messed up stuff happened at. So, um, sexual abuse. Um, and it happened for a long time. With 
of course. Them getting away with it for a long time. Baltimore. I can't really. I don't think I can read email that now. On these. Um, just the headlines alone are enough. And can't really read the details right now. I don't think I can handle it. But yeah. As someone that survived so many years of sexual abuse. As a child. And not, not being heard. Not being believed. As someone who survived years of physical, mental, and religious abuse. From the woman that gave birth to me and the man that provided the sperm for that. And never being believed. I know how that feels. Because I tried to tell people for a long time. About the abuse. From... The people raising me. And they. They never believed. And I was never hurt. Because you know. They were good Christian people. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I tried to tell. About the sexual abuse. From her father. And I was told it was my fault. Apparently, you wanted it because you never told anybody until now. So, that's why. Seeing these things continue to go on for so long at these places. And our government not doing enough about it to stop it from happening so much. Being someone that has survived abuses and No one's saving me as I begged for it. I know. And things we have to do something different. I don't I don't know. I don't know. Maybe there has to be some more regulations on these places. There has to be more vetting of the people put in charge of, of our children. You know? We're not doing enough. That's, that's what I do know. So, um, I don't know the answers really. I do know that we're not doing enough. So, any conversations or ideals on that? Of things to get involved with to help that I would love to know about. So let's 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 find out on that and try to make that change that I'm sitting here ranting about, right? Yeah. Okay. That is gonna be that's gonna be it for for today, for this week. I mean, I have those other stories, so who knows? I may end up reading them 
before next Friday or Saturday show because they're already up here ready and I just might end up filling them like I can do it before then so if I do I will it'll be a surprise show in the middle of the week but, all right well that's it my untamed friends we'll meet you here same place next Friday maybe Saturday so until then stay safe stay lifted stay healthy and keep loving yourselves we are fighters love to all in this fight of life untamed okay um just a little boost here um, I don't really like doing this and I'm not good at it, but I do have a store with my art stuff, mostly cannabis related. Um, so it's www.artuntamed.biz. Not all products are on the store and you can look me up on Facebook at Art Untamed, Instagram at Multifarious Minds, and TikTok at Multifarious Mind. You can message to see if there's anything I have that's not listed on the store that you're interested in, or if um, there's a custom order you would like that I could maybe do. So yeah, um, all the business is truly appreciated, and if you want to, like, just not buy anything, you can't do that, or you just want to help out, buy, I think you can donate on here, on Anchor, to the podcast area, so yeah, that is also much appreciated. So yeah, anyway, that's my quick self-promotion thingy. Um, so yeah, thank you for listening and visiting back with me again. Alright, this time the bye is for real. Later, friends.